up, everybody? Welcome to Draft Chaff. This is episode number 107. My name is Zach. I'm one of your hosts. And joining me, as per usual, Ben Fisher. What's up, dude? Uh, I'm sorry. I don't go by that name anymore. I only am to be referred to as uh, number three ranked <laughs> Midnight Hunt Drafter. <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> sorry, dude doesn't count. Uh, you're going to have to be a little more specific. <laughs> this is going to get difficult. <laughs> You have been on a tear, though. I will give you that. <laughs> yeah, a bit more on that later. We've got to make people wait for it. Right. So this week we're talking about Double Masters. It's a new set dropping. Well, we already have, we've already drafted it by the time this comes out. Some folks <laughs> have in the Discord have had pre-release for it already as well. Um, and it's an exciting set. We're going to talk all about it and kind of our initial thoughts, some things to look out for if you're trying to get in on, on some drafts with it. But before that, of course, our usual housekeeping. If you're not already in the Discord, check it out best place to be to communicate with Ben and I outside of the show, as well as a handful of other community members. All the aficionados over there are awesome, and uh, it'd be great to have you. So if you haven't checked that out, do so over there. And drop us some questions in the listener question section over there as well, if you'd like to have a question answered on the show. And if you'd like to support the show directly, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash draftchaffpod. Huge thanks to all of our patrons who continue to support us each and every week. We are beyond grateful for all of you and definitely recommend joining if you're interested. We have perks like our Draft Doctor series, stickers, show notes, unedited recordings of the show, our Draft Chaff hero cards signed by us and sent out to you. Yeah, so if you're interested in that, you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash draftchaffpod. All right, on to our Cracker Draft type thing. So this week we've got a double Masters pack. Uh, It's a pack one, pick one. We pulled this up online because we haven't, you know, opened a pack of this yet. We have, well, by the time this comes out, we have, and I'm sure you've seen us ranting about it in the Discord about how, you know, we opened Imperial Seal and we got to pay back our cost of entry. Probably, right? Definitely. Yeah, we're speaking it into existence. Uh, it's going to be really funny when that actually happens. <laughs> uh, anywho, our first card of the pack shouldn't be a surprise. It's a Cryptic Spires, and this is in every single pack. So um, thoughts on drawable magic cards? Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. It feels like something out of an unset more than something to see in like a, a more legitimate set. Uh, I don't expect mm-hmm. to ever really see something like this in a standard legal set, but it's a cool way to handle this sort of thing. I mean, it's it's basically like a crappy duel, but yeah, it lets you just not worry about fixing like you'll always be able to pick up a duel that works for your colors. And I think that's cool. And having them in every pack means they won't be a commodity. I would call it a pretty elegant solution. <laughs> to fixing because there's there's not really much else i mean there, there's cards that like go get basics and things but uh i mean this is this is like the the the, the fixing and i guess they just kind of blanket statements that all right land slot every single pack there's going to be cryptic spires so by that logic every person at the table is going to get three of them if they want them right yeah and i imagine you'll actually end up with more a lot of folks will end up with more because people will pass them too early thinking they'll wheel mm. and then they won't. <laughs> but that's a good question in terms of how highly do you take these? Probably just the same as any normal like gate or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're supposed to be very high picks, but you should be able to get your hands on them, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. Next up is Ground Assault. That's red and green. Sorcery at common. Uh, deals damage to target creature equal to number of lands you control. Just solid removal if you're in red green. You know, take it. Up next is Unearth, one black, sorcery at common. Return target creature card with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, and it has cycling for two. So this points towards the graveyard theme that black kind of has in general. There's a lot of ways to self-mill. <laughs> I mean, Unearth, I think it's a little bit of modern play. I think sometimes it sees Death's Shadow play, but not anymore, really. Yeah, I mean, we're not taking it now. Right, yeah, it's a solid enabler for decks that, that really want to power something out of the graveyard, but kind of want to be there. I think to, before you start taking this, I, I think it's worth mentioning too, at this point, all of these packs, double masters, the whole kind of thing with double masters is that you're, you've got two rares per pack and you've got two foils per pack and you're taking two picks per pack for the first pick at least. Right. Yeah. So if we wanted to, we could snap off both of these, uh, this ground assault and this unearth and go into uh jund bad stuff. Sounds kind of fun. Eh, let's see what else the packs got going <laughs> for us. Uh, we're in luck. The next one is something I think you'll like. It's Blood Wonder Entity. Wasn't this from Amonkhet or Hour of Devastation? I want to say Hour. I think Hour, yeah. Uh, it's one blue-red elemental at common. It's a 2-2 flying prowess. And when it enters the battlefield, you may put target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard on top of your, uh, on top of your library. For some reason, I always think this goes to hand. But um, 2-2 flying prowess. Set up your next draw. Yeah, it's a solid card. Probably not excited to first pick it here, but it's, it's a solid card. Okay, I'm not going to come out and say they copy the Draft Chaff Cube, but they've been copying the Draft Chaff Cube a little bit. They put Webweaver Changeling in, which I thought was a sleeper that only we knew about. So 
Oh, well. Uh, it's three green green for a three five shapeshifter at common. It is changeling and it is reach. So it's templated like a giant spider, except it's a shapeshifter. So it's actually anything. Uh, and when it enters the battlefield, if there are three or more creatures in your graveyard, you gain five life. Strong effect and cares about the graveyard being stocked full of stuff. Again, they copied us, but kind of cool. Right. Yeah, they totally pay attention to the draft. draft <laughs> it would be well, nice to be able to pick up some cards from that just by drafting like cards to build the new iteration of the cube just to just by drafting this set. Oh, yeah, I, I'm sure we'll be able to. There's a few others that uh, I think they may have lifted directly from us, but yeah, <laughs> whatever. Uh, Strands of Undeath. This is a card I don't think we've played with before. I think this is older. Uh, this is three and a black for an aura. When it enters the battlefield, target player discards two cards. And uh, the aura has the activated ability, pay a black, regenerate, enchanted creature. I don't miss an uh, regenerate. Yeah, it's a messy mechanic. Yeah, so let me see if I remember the, the rules text off the top of my head. If the creature would be destroyed, instead remove it from combat, remove all damage from it, tap it, or something like that. Yeah, that that's all that I can remember from that rules text as well and yeah and instead it isn't um I, I don't know someone someone in the discord can correct us i'll look it up after the show <laughs> but um uh, of course that doesn't stop stuff like exiling effects or other things that don't care about it being destroyed i, I don't think uh i think like a minus x minus x effect would still get it because it's not being destroyed it's being removed it's dying as a, yeah. as, as a state-based action uh and even if it came back it would still have that effect no, it wouldn't. It would be a new iteration. Whatever. Um, a mess. And I don't think this card looks very good anyway. Yeah, I'm much more excited about the next one here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, winged. Is it? Is it Codal? Quattle? I always said Coatl, but I could be wrong. Eh, I'll, I'll try to pronounce it halfway down the middle. Codal. Something <laughs> sure. like that. Uh, anyway, Winged Snake Guy. It's one green blue for a 1-1 Flash Flying Death Touch. That is a nice card. Yeah, a little expensive, but when you get to just flash it in to sneak attack some attacking or sneak block i guess some attacker mm -hmm. that's pretty sweet oh yeah this pairs super well with counter spells or draw spells stuff that you can leave up as well um i wonder if blue green has like a flash thing man that's that's weird <laughs> i wonder where they took that from oh look the next card is a blue white flicker card i wonder where they got that from so next up is lie of sky knight one white blue for a three one flying at common which is already good uh, and when it enters the battlefield, detain target non-land permanent and an opponent controls. So detain means uh, that permanent can't attack or block and its activated abilities can't be activated. It gets trapped in the tower for uh, for a day. Super, yeah, it's super pacifism. Yeah, that's only for a turn. Yeah, but I'm a big fan of the detain mechanic in general. And this harkens back to one of my favorite sets, um, Return to Ravnica. So cool card. I'm a big fan of blue-white flicker flyer nonsense. So that seems cool. Um, up to this point, like, what are you looking at? I mean, I like the Sky Knight a lot, but uh, honestly, I think Unearth might be the strongest card we've seen so far. Maybe that or Ground Assault, but we have to consider colors too. It seems like it's going to be pretty easy to play whatever colors you want, given that you have infinite free fixing, which is an interesting option for a, a cube-like format like this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they came out and said, like, this format supports three-color decks, so, you know. Next up is Doom Traveler. Uh, I love this card. One white for one one human soldier. I'm going to dies, make a one one white spirit with flying so a little white weenie not really looking at first picket yeah it's best when you can do something with the with the body maybe sacrifice this to an effect or if your deck cares about tokens or things that make tokens i spied a divine visitation uh in this set which i would love to draft i don't know i have a bunch of these little guys slam divine visitation and attack with all your doom travelers and all of a sudden they die into four four flyers it's pretty sweet next up frogify uh, kinda. Kazmina's Transmutation, uh, one of the blue aura at common, enchants a creature and it loses all abilities and has base power and toughness 1-1. One, one. These types of effects were never super good in like standard power level sets, but when you have bigger and badder stuff here, I mean, putting this on like a 5-5 five, five or, or, or a huge, like a Consecrated Sphinx or something, maybe, maybe you're a little more happy to have like a blue path to exile. Yeah, I could see it being a bit more powerful in a set like this. Still not looking to first pick it. Now, next card is something that I'd love to first pick. This is this is my kind of card. We got a Monastery Swift Sphere. That's just one red for a 1-2 Haste Prowess. I love Swift Sphere. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I, I, I've, I've become quite fond of these just super hard aggro decks. And we don't have this one on Arena quite yet, but um, I'm hoping we can get it soon for Explorer. Yeah, it's a great little uh, aggro card. And in the decks that, that can kind of power up the prowess thing, going to be one of the better cards in your deck. Uh, this points towards Red White Heroic, 
which is actually a sub-theme in this set. Kind of funny how they have that too, isn't it? I, I feel like we got the rug pulled out from under us. <laughs> Next card is also kind of uh, a red-white heroic card. It's Myth Realized, uh, and it's very small on my screen, so hopefully I can I can remember what everything does on, on this thing because it's a lot of text. This was once a rare, but it's downshifted to uncommon. It's our first uncommon in the pack. Uh, it's just one white for an enchantment. And whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you put a lore counter on Myth Realized. You can pay two and a white to put a lore counter on Myth Realized, I guess, to, if you're not satisfied with the number of lore counters being put on it. Uh, and you can pay white. And then until end of turn, Myth Realized becomes a monk avatar creature, in addition to its other types. And it gains this creature's power and toughness are equal to the number of lore counters on it. Pretty cool. Uh, I don't like that you have to pay to make it uh, into a creature, but I guess it's it's kind of like permanent prowess. Sort of. It's really expensive, though. Yeah, I mean, it's best when you're casting a million like cantrips and that type of thing. And then if you have the white mat available, I don't know. Just having to pay to attack or block with this thing, eh, not super. Yeah, I kind of would have preferred it to be like once it has X, like a specific number of lore counters on it, it just is a creature. Yeah, it was once a rare, too. And maybe, it. it I mean, it can always dodge sorcery speed removal. I, I guess in that way, getting to turn it into a creature when you want can be a bonus, but... true. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not sold. I wouldn't take this highly, but I would put it in a red-white prowess deck. Next up is a, a card for you. We got Jeskai Charm. Blue, red, white, uh, instant, also at uncommon. Choose one. Put target creature on top of its owner's library. It deals four damage to target opponent or planeswalker. Or creatures you control get one one and gain lifelink until out of turn. Seems good. Yeah, it's removal in a few different ways. You can kind of buff the team and stabilize a little bit if you've got a team to buff. Not one of the more exciting charms in this cycle but mm. it's a solid card i'd be happy to take it the fact that it gives almost like a little overrun i think lifelink is big on this type of effect because it can be super swingy and in an aggro race imagine you're playing like a like a jeskai prowess deck uh and your opponent is on like red green or red white beatdown. this totally swings a race like you gain mm -hmm. 15 life and then your opponent's like oh well it's kind of like a time walk at that point mm -hmm. but honestly not super stoked first picking that either yeah same with this next one although to a lesser extent we've got inquisition of kozilek as our last uncommon this one i've I've cast a million times this is target player reveals their hand you can choose an online card from it that costs uh three or less they discard it oh and it just costs one black it's like thought seizes baby baby brother it's a fine card but yeah it's just like not really a first pick that you're excited about <laughs> hear me out uh you do the old reanimator trick where you inquisition yourself and then unearth the creature back the next turn you cast a three drop on turn two and it only costs you three cards <laughs> yep and you got a one mana discount <laughs> <laughs> perfect it's it's basically like grief ephemerate yeah all right first let's let's do it snap those two up and we're good to go <laughs> but it all works with mana value three or less so uh not quite thought sees reanimate but uh it, it's kind of cute uh yeah I, I mean what if you do this to your opponent and you see an unearth in their hand i guess you just take the unearth i don't know yeah. this doesn't this isn't a very limited centric card i think you only sideboard this in if your opponent has some really strong three drops yeah or like early combos or something that you want to break up yeah well we're on to our two rares and honestly pack isn't that exciting i think i'm taking swift sphere and unearth <laughs> interesting i'd probably go jeskai charm and swift spear that's probably better yeah i'm feeling like starting with three colors just feels a little strange still but it is a master set like there's tons of fixing, and they wouldn't put it in here if it was uncastable. But don't worry, that's not the only card that we encounter with Jeskai Mana Kosh. We've got Jeskai Ascendancy here, which is, again, blue, red, white. For This one's an enchantment at rare. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Untap those creatures. And whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. I know you're a fan. Windmill Slam. This is one of my favorite cards ever printed. Yeah. And seeing yeah. that the non-creature spell thing is a supported theme in this format, I'm just thinking Jeskai Ascendancy, Swift Spear, let's let's make the prowess deck a thing. And I don't know that there I haven't looked through the list uh, the set list in any detail enough to know if the like infinite combos with Jeskai Ascendancy are supported here, but there are a handful of them. And Jeskai Ascendancy combo deck was one of my favorite decks. In modern, in standard, it was around for a while in a handful of formats, and I love it. So I would definitely be giving it a go here. I don't know that it's going to be one of the better decks in the format, but I would give it a go. Yeah, I didn't spy Retraction Helix. Um, I still barely understand how that, that combo works. You, like, bounce 
the well, thing that's the fun then... part. There are actually like two or three different combos that all use very similar pieces. Like there's a base of Jeskai Ascendancy and Retraction Helix. And then your win con can be a handful of different things. Either you can make a, a, a hexproof creature like Sylvan Karyatid just infinitely powerful by buffing all your stuff. Or you use something like Altar of the Brood to just infinite mill your opponent out. Or, you know, there's a whole handful of different things you could do. Yeah. Yeah, well, I did pick this pack, uh, particularly because it had this in it, and because I'm going to challenge you on on your true picks from this pack, because our second rare is Smothering Tithe, which, as any commander players out there know, is just the probably the best white card to have right now. It's, it's what everyone wants to get their hands on. Uh, every white deck wants exactly one of them, so uh, it's three and a white for an enchantment at rare. Whenever an opponent draws a card, that player may pay two. If that player doesn't, you create a treasure. Stupidly strong. Yes. Not just like because, you know, your opponent's drawing a card the turn. If you were playing with three opponents, then you're getting three treasures by the time this comes back around to you. It's almost made up for itself in mana by the time it's your turn again. And that's if they don't draw any extra cards in their turn. So, oh man, this in Selvala? I didn't even think of that. Where I parley and then everyone draws? Oh man. Okay. So, I, I didn't even realize that. Um I guess I gotta pick one of these up for Selvala. Personally here, I'm probably slamming Smothering Tithe, and I guess it's not exactly a good partner with Swift Spear, but um, I don't know, maybe that in Jeskai Charm? Or maybe that in the Ascendancy? I don't know. Yeah, so with Smothering Tithe in the mix, and we'll get to this, uh, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like spill the beans here on why I would take Smothering Tithe exactly. We'll come back to it. Uh, but I would take Smothering Tithe, and then I'd probably end up taking either, yeah, the Charm... I don't know that I'd care about the Swift Spear if I'm trying to play Smothering Tithe, but I don't know that I'd yeah. actually be trying to play Smothering Tithe. <laughs> See, I picked this pack because I wanted to put you in a bind. Uh, will, will your love of rare drafting or your love of Jeskai Ascendancy win? Oh, I, the the value in this set just skyrockets my love of rare drafting. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be looking for dollar signs all through these drafts. Yeah, same here. So what what are your picks? Yeah, I think I'd go Smothering Tithe and Charm, or Smothering Tithe and Liev, Sky Knight, maybe. Mm, yeah. You? Yeah, I'd probably just go Smothering Tithe and Jeskai Ascendancy, go for the full rare draft. I feel like if they put Jeskai Ascendancy in the set, there's got to be stuff to do with it, right? Plus, I, I do like the, the prowess overrun style thing. Maybe the Jeskai Charm will wheel. Uh, I doubt the Swift Spear will wheel, but maybe the Myth Realized will. And it's a common, right? So you can pick up more yeah. Swifties. That's true. Uh, yeah, maybe I would just I would just take both the rares. I think it's also worth mentioning something to keep an eye out if you are planning to draft this set. Prowess, like the keyword prowess, cares about non-creature spells, not incident sorceries, which is mm. something we are, we're used to seeing incident sorceries a lot. We haven't seen non-creature for quite a while. True. So cards like Jeskai Ascendancy and Swift Spear actually do work well with cards like Smothering Tithe, like anything that's not a creature. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> triggering your swift spear with smothering tithe. <laughs> Things that don't happen very often, but uh, funny if it does. All right, on to our Fairy Tibble. This is our Roses and Thorns style segment where Ben and I share a high and a low from the past week. So Ben, kick us off. Well, uh, we went to a wedding together. That was kind of fun. That was a, a few days ago at this point. We mentioned it last week on the show that we'd be going to a wedding and uh, we got some good pictures. We sent a few in the chat. Uh, I just sent you a bunch more. They're pretty bad. <laughs> they didn't turn out with the lighting very well, but uh uh, it, it was the fun that really mattered in the end, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was good. I'm actually going to another wedding tomorrow uh, for a friend of mine from grad school. So that'll be a good time. And also on the Teferi side of things, I've been on a bit of a hot streak with Midnight Hunt, which is one of my favorite sets. Uh, I've been on quite the Midnight Hunt where, I don't know, well, more on that later. But my tibble is that with all these weddings and things, uh, I got to drive all the way back up to, to North Jersey tomorrow and then drive all the way back down to go to a doctor's thing. like gas is too expensive <laughs> for this uh for the amount of stuff that i'd like to do over the summer and and uh drive around to things but it's how it is uh another bit of a downside uh i'm going to choose to blame arena uh, because arena messed up my 17 lands readings and uh for, for about half of my just incredible midnight hunt run i i wasn't getting data on 17 lands and I don't know. 17 lands friends. Is there a way for me to get that somehow? Like, can I, can I scrape that data in somehow? Cause I'd love to have proof that I got like seven trophies out of 10 runs. <laughs> I mean, everyone saw them in the discord. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Something about not catching that makes me feel kind of bad. 
Yeah, I wonder if that is if that is something we can they can get back because it stores in a log file as long as Arduino is actually doing what Seventeen Lines expects it to do. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So my favorite this week is Double Masters. I'm excited to actually get in person and do a draft and um, hopefully snag some cash in the process. <laughs> like I, outside of like trying to gather cards for certain commander decks I'm building, I really don't care to have a magic collection anymore these days. So anything I, I get in this draft that is like remotely valuable, I'm just going to sell. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm kind of excited to see what my like plus minus is in terms of value based on like the the cost of entry versus what I pick up in rares would be kind of an interesting way to min max, I guess. We'll see how that goes. Uh, and then my Tybalt is that my anxiety has been through the roof the last handful of days, which isn't fun. Um, and it usually yeah. takes my body like a day or two to come down from for like cortisol levels to drop. I don't really, even if the, the, the situation that's causing anxiety has ended, it usually takes my body like another day and a half to two days to adjust. So I'm still kind of in the middle of like coming down from that. So uh, yeah, not not the most fun. Definitely not. And hopefully that doesn't last. But just think, by the time we're drafting Double Masters, you'll be perfect. Yep. The endorphins will be kicking in. The cortisol will be gone. <laughs> the whole new form of stress will begin. Yeah. All right. On to our listener question of the week. This week, our question comes from Wolverine, who says, might be time for a mental magic episode. How do you deal with these swings and magic sets coming out? It feels like it's been... It's felt like the last six months we've had set after set. Now it feels like it's just stopped. <sighs> yeah, it has been uh, about time for a, a Mental Magic episode, I think. We've got one of those coming up on the schedule, actually. Yeah, the onslaught has ended briefly, especially for us, because I don't think either of us particularly care for <laughs> the Baldur's Gate uh, uh, Horizons alchemy stuff. Um, look, we've seen some, some things. I'm going to try it at least once. But something feels a bit strange to me about a set that you can't draft in paper ever, or that you can't like collect the cards from and like that you played with online and like put them in a commander deck or something. I don't know. I guess I'm voting with my wallet on this one that uh, by not participating in it a bunch, I'm kind of indicating that this isn't exactly the direction that I'd like things to go in. But I know there's a qualifier at the end of the month that's this format. So who knows? Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll love it. But just those those like those specialized cards, like what? I, I, I that was not and we even got some of it wrong too as was pointed out in the discord you have to like discard a card to activate that ability we looked at like 15 of these cards and nowhere on that was it said which i think is a huge design problem and, and not something necessarily against us like we, we're able to analyze cards when we see them and we were analyzing based on you know just like looking at the activated ability and seeing what it did but with the extra i guess just knowledge that now that you have to discard a card in addition to that th- that changes everything <laughs> like yeah who knows but but uh, with this this uh, brief break, it's been nice. Admittedly, I've been jamming a lot of Midnight Hunt, and I'm very glad that that's uh, back right now. But once Midnight Hunt goes away, I'm probably going to step back from Arena for a bit. It's my summer break, you know, go do some hiking, <laughs> that type of thing. I do some work on our cube, which uh, I've been putting a lot of work into recently, and it is coming along very nicely. Indeed. Yeah, I think it's a good time of year to have a lull in terms of sets coming out. Like if they they may have done this on purpose to kind of put a pause in like standard legal sets coming out in the middle of the summer. So people can kind of enjoy the opportunity to go out and, and not be at their computer constantly. Mm -hmm. I do like having some supplemental stuff come out, you know, the Baldur's gate though. I don't actually enjoy the set so much. Um, it's cool that they did it. I am excited for double masters. So that's another one that's like kind of cool to get some reprints and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think from a content creator's perspective, because this is a little bit of a different side of things that we look at when we're talking about like magic sets, yeah. it's been really nice to not have a strict just like back to back to back. Oh, there's new spoils spoilers coming out for the next <laughs> set. There's new spoilers coming. It's like that like with Kamigawa, we it felt like Kamigawa dropped and then like di- like a few days after Kamigawa released, we got spoilers for Streets and uh, for Streets of New Capenna. And I was like, we haven't even gotten to draft Kamigawa yet. Like, what yeah. the heck? Uh, so it's nice to get a little bit of a lull. I'm hoping we can make good use of this lull. I want to reach out to some other content creators and and see if they want to hop on the show or, or do some kind of collaboration. There's so much good stuff happening. And uh, I don't know. It, it feels like sometimes that we, we took like a bit of a step back from the, the general like Twitter community and all that. But... Because I don't think either of us cared too much about any of that. But uh, at the same time, if we wanted to go to this thing uh, th- this fall and potentially meet up with people, it'd be cool to know some folks or have like an online yeah. relationship with them before we see them. Definitely. So it's time for our main topic to do two by two overview. Woohoo. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're such a nerd. Yeah, this is this is bad. But uh, anyway, uh, we've got we've got double masters too to talk about. So this was kind of an opportunity for us to just kind of browse over these cards before we draft it. <laughs> and and the, the, there's some crooks at this one. First of all, I know for a fact that both of us were looking at rare drafting and just looking at like the price guide and seeing what's going on here because it feels like every pack you open is like scratching off a lottery ticket. You might just have an, a, an altar imperial seal and then you pay for uh, your whole entry and the, the next two weeks dinner. <laughs> so like, right? Yeah. Um, for those who haven't looked into it, the like borderless, the foil borderless altar for imperial seal is a five hundred dollar card. You can draft that in this set. Not to say that it'll happen often, but you could do it. And oh, even the, the, the normal, like non-foil, non-borderless, just normal printing of it is $260. So at, at the time of recording. Well, I'm telling you right now, um, I'm going to pack one, pick one, and two Imperial Seals. <laughs> so All right. Uh, yeah, so we're going we're gonna to make out and buy the store on the way out. So... This is kind of like um, a lottery ticket slash high-powered draft environment, which I think we both find very exciting for both reasons. Yeah, definitely. It's it's really exciting to just be able to be like, oh, it, it brings back some of the old, we were talking about this in a previous episode relatively recently where like opening cards anymore, like, like rarity on cards is just kind of meaningless to us now. Whereas when mm-hmm. we first started playing Magic, it was like, whoa, look at that mythic. This yeah. kind of brings that back because there's like serious money attached to some of these cards. Yeah, this is a set for, I guess, nerds like us who, who, who also enjoy these old cards and these cards that are like, so for example, Teferi's Protection, just all-star and commander. The fact that we can just pick one up, like pack three, pick two or something, because we just happened to be playing in this draft. Like, uh, I'm very excited to, to pick up a lot of staples for different stuff. There's a like Green Sun Zenith, Weathered Wayfarer, uh, Micaeus the Lunar uh, Surgical Extraction. There's real modern uh, commander and sometimes even like vintage and legacy playable cards in here. I mean, look at Imperial Seal, Consecrated Sphinx. Like, these are cards that see play. You could open Mana Drain. <laughs> like, Mana Drain, Mana Drain. Which I guess is only really good for Commander. But still, it's Mana Drain. Like, you're going to slam it if you see it. I think just a thing that's of a lot of value for the set is that it captures a lot of our excitement. Whereas, I mean, look at Alchemy Horizons Baldur's Gate. And again, I don't want to sound too hypocritical because I have a funny feeling when the Lord of the Rings set comes around, they might do something similar and like port a lot of it onto Arena with Alchemy stuff. I mean, that's probably what they're going to do, right? Uh, I could see it happening. Yeah. That way it's all historic legal and and that kind of thing. I'm, I'm going to love that. I'm going to I'm gonna like draft a million <laughs> of that set because uh, I love Lord of the Rings. So maybe this is just a little bit different than that aesthetically. And maybe that's a, a bit of a turnoff for me too. But also the fact that like, you know, that those are just random things online. The, the fun of, of, of Limited is sitting down at the draft table with your friends and people that you don't know and making friends. Um, and I think we can get lost in the bogs of, of arena and rank and, and that type of thing. So one of the other quirks of this set being, uh, you know, we kind of already talked about it, but the two picks for your first pack one or your two picks for your pack one pick one. Yeah. Um, and then you take one card as normal from each pack. So that's a little bit different than what we're used to. You kind of get a little bit of a two for one deal. So you really want that first pack to be super high powered. It's also worth mentioning, like you do want those rares to work together, but or the, your your two picks to work together, but they don't have to. I think it's still valid to say that first first pick you're taking the two most powerful cards in the in the <laughs> yeah. pack, regardless of if they play well together. Do you, or most powerful for uh, <laughs> recouping for the, the cost of entry. Yeah, um, and then as we mentioned, each pack contains a cryptic spires, which is a new form of dual land that lets you essentially select which colors that it will tap for at at the time that you drafted or as you build your deck i believe it is as you build your deck <laughs> which is funny like uh I, I don't know i guess uh i guess that can't be like discontinuity or, or stifled that that trigger <laughs> counter target player building their deck right and it, it's notable that it's not when you're drafting because that lets you take them without thinking about colors so you just grab mm-hmm. one doesn't matter like at the time that you grab it it taps for f- everything right yeah. and then and then you just build your deck and you slot them in and then when your deck's done you're like all right these are the ones i need it to tap for I'm sure that like three and four color piles are, are viable. Um, it looks like there's some strong aggressive stuff in this set too, especially in the Naya colors. So uh, I, I doubt, you know, just like five color super piles will be the best thing to do. But I mean, I've seen some trophy lists going around online. A lot of them tend to be two to three-ish colors like or two splashing a third. 
So one thing we noticed while looking over the uh, the spoiler was that there's not a lot of removal for non-creature permanence. There's like counter spells and stuff, but um, if you get like a strong build around, it looks like that's going to be good or, or like a good instant or sorcery, something like a damnation or an anger or unburial rights. These kind of like, uh, I, I was going to say, not, not cards that like do the vector thing, I guess just like on vector cards. It seems like they'll be strong. Something, for example, like Divine Visitation or Hardened Scales. Um, enchantments that would just sit on the board. Not a lot of ways for opponents to remove them, uh, like besides through countering them straight up. So I think that means that your vectors are going to be successful. Like it, it, you can go in on one of these things. For example, if I open Divine Visitation or Hardened Scales, I'm just slamming both. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning too, a ton of power sits in the rare and mythic sections of, of this set. Uh, you've got things like the Eldrazi Titans, Emrakul, Ulamog, yeah. Kozilek. You've got things like the Ascendancies and a handful of other sort of ridiculous rares. Hardened Scales has been mentioned. Oracle of Moldiah. Love me a good old Muli Dooley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Consecrated Sphinx in blue. We've got things like Liliana the Last Hope and Mentor of the Meek, although that's a, an uncommon. These are all just such sweet cards, though. Like These are things that I'm excited to get to play with in limited or play against hopefully not against but uh but that said it does look like the common and uncommons are going to support much more synergistic pretty narrow vectors we were talking about the non-creature card kind of sub theme earlier we're going to get into a handful of the vectors that this set supports in a minute but they seem to be really looking to do one specific thing there's not a whole lot of i would say room to kind of mess around with with various vectors i don't expect this to be similar to zendikar rising where like a bunch of random decks pop up halfway through the set's lifespan and then we're like oh where did these come from i think it's pretty clear what all these decks are trying to do yeah it almost reminds me of vintage cube where like the storm drafter is never gonna want a non-storm card and the non-storm drafters are never gonna want like a pyretic ritual or something so, for example, there's a Militia Bugler at, at Common. That's got to be good for Popper, right? Yeah, I would think so. That's the two and a white 2-3 with Vigilance, Human Soldier at Common. When ATVs look at the top four, and you can reveal a creature with power two or less and put it into your hand. Jeez, yeah, so you could just chain Militia Buglers or, or go find something else, and you get that selection too. Mentor of the Meek is is, uh, is an uncommon in this set, so going to get a Mentor or like casting this with a Mentor out just seems pretty great. But then again, if you're playing like a graveyard deck, you wouldn't want this at all. Like this does nothing for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's It seems like there are a bunch of cards that are going to be like that. And again, I think the um, non-creature spell thing is a pretty good indicator of that as well. Things like the Monastery Swift Spear. Um, you also have some like pretty interesting cards that may be able to kind of break this with something like Kali of the Vast. If you manage to pick her up, maybe you just are like, okay, I don't really care what Mardu colors are doing. I'm just picking up Mardu angels and demons and dragons and just going to yeah. try to do the Kalia thing. Yeah. But I think uh, also a lot of these comments point towards specific vectors. So for example, grapple with the past. Uh, yes. Love grapple. One of the green instant common mill three, then return a creature or land from graveyard to hand. Perfect for stocking your graveyard. Definitely. So there were a few vectors we wanted to keep our eyes out towards. Um, particularly within these kind of three color pairs it looks like there's a lot of strong overlap um which makes sense i mean they designed a set smartly uh but there's there's these signposts in the commons and uncommon slots that, that seem to really indicate what the color uh, trios and pairs are trying to do so we just wanted to pull a few of them to, to kind of get a sense of where the general vectors point uh let's look at sultai soothsayer that's two black green blue for a two five naga shaman at uncommon when etvs look at the top four Put one in hand and the rest in the graveyard. I mean, that stocks your graveyard perfectly. I mean, just look at how well that goes with grapple. You could grapple back something or grapple to get this by milling it, and then you're setting up the graveyard. Sweet. Yeah, this is a flexible card, but still very clearly in in a specific lane. And it's, you know, I like the stat line. 2-5 is kind of where I'm where I'm happy to just kind of settle in, let the soothsayer do some blocking for me, and uh, stock that graveyard up. I prefer my, my power and toughness reverse of that. But yeah, for those that like blocking, I guess it's pretty cool. <laughs> now, what can you mill with that? Like what's going to be going on in the graveyard? How about unearth cards? So Draxa Spectre is blue, black, red, 3-2 flying, uncommon. It's a specter. What exactly is happening in the art of this? I, I, I see this, <laughs> like it's a specter, which, you know, it's like a Night Vale specter or something. But are those like birds? They're like bird skeletons? Dude, I have no idea what is going on there. <laughs> It's really cool. It's like something um, out of like a like a Bosch thing or something. Like what's what's happening here? 
I don't know. I they look like almost the the four the one in the foreground almost looks like a rat. But Sadraxx's Spectre is it's a three two with flying. It deals when it whenever it deals combat damage to a player. That player discards a card and then has Unearth for one and a black. And Unearth is you return that card from your graveyard to the battlefield, it gets haste, and then you exile at the beginning of the next end step if it would leave the battlefield. Then you can only Unearth as a sorcery. So it's kind of flashback for creatures in a way. Yeah, I mean, we saw Unearth, the actual card, earlier. So that obviously synergizes really well with this kind of thing, too. You could Unearth the Jax's Spectre, I guess, and then uh, Unearth it again later. Yeah, that's not confusing at all. <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, here's a card that I love. Heroic Reinforcements. Two red, white. Uncommon. I could have given us this at common. That would have been so cool. Anywho, it's a sorcery. Create two 1-1 one, one white soldier creature tokens. Until end of turn, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain haste. Yeah, this this is uh, this has been the last spell cast in many a game. Oh, yeah. This this shuts games down. It's a card that you need to consistently be on, on the lookout for, like... As, as the opposing player, when you see red and white mana on your opponent's battlefield, you're like, I can't attack with anything here because if I do and they play a heroic reinforcements, I just lose on the spot. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's definitely a thought cycle. And this is clearly telling us red white is looking to go wide and looking to be aggressive. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, w- what attacks can I make? But I also have to consider the fact that they could have four hasty power within a spell and then that will also pump their other creatures. Like, right. Um, yeah, and this red is white, off on the top end in, in a lot of these decks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You barely need to go over four. And we saw some stuff with red-white heroic or red-white uh, non-creature spells almost. Um, I mean, this is a great non-creature spell to really go over the top. If you had a, a Jeskai Ascendancy, this would double pump everything, oh, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah, and then everything you have with prowess, because there are a ton of red creatures with prowess, a ton of white creatures with prowess. All of those are getting pumped just for you casting this in the first place, whether it resolves or not. So, yeah. And then to to go with some of the uh, the, the more prowessy and the more heroic stuff, there's like Boros Legionnaire, and I saw God's Willing is in the set. Some other good pump spells. So it looks like Red Right has the option to go wide or go tall, which I think is pretty cool. Speaking of going wide, Call to the Feast is next here. It's two white black for a sorcery at common. And that just says create three one one white vampire creature tokens with lifelink. So a little bit of another nod to the go wide thing. It looks like Mardu's kind of just trying to make a bunch of creatures and smash face. Yeah, there's a blood artist in this set. I think there's a few sacrifice outlets. So black white might be a little bit aristocraty, but also looking into tokens and going wide. Seems cool. Next up, we've got a Obzon charm, which is white, black, green for an instant. I love this one. It's an uncommon, and you choose one. Exile target creature with power three or greater. You draw two, lose two, or distribute two one-one counters among one or two target creatures. So uh, this is pointing in a lot of directions. This is kind of like a high-value card. I feel like if you're in one of these color pairs, you would try to splash this, right? Easily, yeah. Now, the one mode of this that I'm particularly interested in is the uh, the last one, the distributing one-one counters, because green-white has a bit of a counter sub-theme. Let's take a look at Conclave Mentor. Love this one, too. It's kind of like a like a whining constrictor, except, you know, it's just not, I guess. It's it's uh, green-white for a 2-2. It's a cleric. Uh, and when one or more counters will be put on, one or more one-one counters will be put on the creature control, that many plus one one-one counters are put on that creature instead. And then when it dies, you gain uh, life equal to its power. So if you put a bunch of counters on it, then you know you gain a bunch of life. So I don't know, curve Conclave Mentor into an Obzon Charm, right? If you go one drop Conclave Mentor Obzon Charm, you're attacking with a huge pump. Yeah, yeah, that's a big board pretty quickly. So there definitely is is that line. And you're getting basically four counters out of this if you put them all on different creatures. So at instant speed too. Or you have the option to just you know kill something with Obzon Charm or draw two, lose two. This just seemed like cool play patterns. Very flexible card, yeah. So next up, we've got Psychic Symbiont. That's four blue-black for a Nightmare Horror at Uncommon. It's a 3-3 with flying, and when it enters the battlefield, target opponent discards a card, and you draw a card. So it looks like the black-blue sub-theme is going to be a bit of a hand disruption sort of thing going on. Also, stocking your graveyard control kind of uh, effects is what we're what we're seeing here. Yeah, no, I noticed Esper kind of had some ETB effects going on, uh, things that had to do with entering the battlefield, leaving the battlefield, or reanimating and flickering. Uh, Resto Angel is in this de- in this set. Uh, there's a few like four and five mana reanimate spells, uh, and of course, is also present. Yeah, Flicker Wisp. And, and I think one of the, the golem makers, or maybe two of the golem makers are, are present in the set. Ones that, uh, like one ones that ETB and make a 3-3 golem. So cards like, Cards like that tend to pair really well with reanimator effects or uh, flickers, ways to uh, get that ETB trigger 
a handful of times. I mean, we mentioned Psionic Symbiont, this this ETV opponent discards and you draw. But there's a handful of other ones as well. I mean, we, we saw the, uh, the Ledev Sky Knight earlier too, right? But Moldrifter, Body Double, things like that to, to come in and, and uh, copy a thing in a graveyard. Body Double seems really sweet in this uh, in this set because it's kind of like a reanimator thing and a flicker thing. Yeah, there. I think the flicker deck is going to be pretty sweet. Quite not. I, I, I'm thinking it's not going to be quite as powerful as the draft draft cubes uh, flicker <laughs> flicker theme. But you know, it's okay. Watsy, if you ever want like consultants to help you with flicker themes, like, <laughs> if you want know. some help for the next time. <laughs> Speaking of like uh, ETB effects, though, Panharmonicon is also printed in this format at rare. Oh, is it? So that's fun. That's another one to kind of keep in mind in terms of those ETBs and trying to maximize the value of those. Awesome. So, uh, what are you hoping to open most? Yeah, I mean, I think it's obvious that Imperial Seal is the top of pretty much everybody's list. Um, yeah, that is far and away going to pay for your next. Hand, probably all the drafts you'd do in the summer <laughs> yeah and so that that would be incredible um otherwise there aren't really a whole lot of cards in the set that i want for my own decks the cavern of souls are pretty much the only card that i could use mm. for say like my spirits deck in modern yeah and i i noticed the only card in this for in this set that i really want for like my good eats deck potentially would be food chain <laughs> oh that is a good one to open and not one to have to buy right and it's a really old card so you can't really find more like recent versions of them and i'm not really a fan of the old border stuff in general there are exceptions to that rule but Mm, um, controversial take it would be good to have uh one of the newer border versions or an alt art or whatever what about um what about lord of extinction that guy looks hungry he could be one of your customers lord of extinction is in yeah lord of extinction is in the deck uh so that would be a good one i didn't realize that was in the set yeah, I mean that that thing is is going to be your best customer at the restaurant, right? Well, <laughs> it's, it's all mouth. <laughs> he's he's got some he's got some competition with like Galta Primal Hunger or Ulamog Ceaseless Hunger. <laughs> oh, the Feasting Troll King too. Feasting I guess. Troll King. There are a lot of there are a lot of contenders for uh, best best patron, as it were. But yeah, otherwise there aren't really a ton of cards that I have my eyes on in terms of wanting to put in decks. There is Doran in this set. I would oh, yeah, I would like to build. I was planning to do Archimedes, I think, for my Big Butts deck, but uh, Doran uh, would be great as well. So, you know, if I open one, maybe I'll use that for that. Hear me out. If you look at Grim Flayer in just the right way, it's almost like those are like server gloves that he's holding. Um, and I mean, that's it could like be a, like a butcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I've got um, Savvy Hunter in the deck for that at that slot. So. Oh, yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, I'm definitely hoping to open Imperial Seal because money, but also uh, there's some other cards in here that I wouldn't mind picking up. Cards that I've always wanted to own, but have always been a little too expensive to just buy one to slot in a commander deck. Things like W6, Lily, Smothering Tides. Uh, I could use Alenda for my Vampire's deck. I could just pick up a bunch of cool looking Swift Spears, like the alt art ones. Uh, honestly, all of the the, the extended art uh, they all look incredible. Like they nailed these, uh, and they got Richard Kane Ferguson to do a bunch of them, which we were talking about before the show. Just really unique art, uh, which I think is cool. This is—I don't know—this th- feels like um, about as close to like a vintage cube type draft as you can get. Like it has the the Eldrazi Titans in it. <laughs> like you're not going to get much better than that, right? Yeah, it's a pretty high-powered format. I actually also just realized, I'm like scrolling through the spoiler here, I just realized they put in the Kali of the Vast Master of Cruelties combo. And for those who don't know the combo, uh, Kali Kali of the Vast is a pretty old commander um, and was printed for like one of the first commander decks, like series of commander decks that came out. Anyway, she's one red, white, black for a 2-2 human cleric at Mythic in this set. Uh, She's she has flying. Whenever Kali of the Vast attacks an opponent, you may put an angel, demon, or dragon creature card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped and attacking that opponent. So you just... Seems good. You just, quote-unquote, free cast, and it's not even a cast, so you can't counter it unless you can counter the ability. Yeah. And then Master of Cruelties is a demon printed at Mythic as well, so this combo, luckily, they printed... <laughs> you'd need two Mythics to get this to work, but it's commonly used in Commander. Master of Cruelties is three black-red for a 1-4 demon at Mythic. It has First Strike. It has Death Touch. It can only attack alone. However, with Kalia, it's getting cheated into combat. Nice. And whenever Master of Cruelties attacks a player and isn't blocked, that player's life total becomes one. Master of Cruelties assigns no combat damage to this combat. However, Kalia is also attacking, so oh, their, yeah. their life yeah. total becomes one, and then Kalia kills them. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. And, and it, it's like it is death touch too, right? Yeah, and for so sure. So if they can 
Oh, so if they they would have to feed stuff to, to, this, to this until they, and then there's other like uh, there's other big angels and and I don't know if there's many dragons in this set, but I definitely saw angels and demons in it. So you can't unfortunately sneak uh, an Eldrazi Titan. I don't think there's any way to get those in ahead of schedule, right? Doesn't look like it. None that I found anyway. There was no like sneak. There was no through the breach. There was no uh, none the Hiri. I don't think it looks like we're gonna be hard casting Ember Cool. <laughs> The the cheapest way to well I guess it'd actually be more expensive but the cheapest single turn way to do it would be planar bridge. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. I guess that would work. Or mana drain your opponent's Eldrazi Titan and then, <laughs> and then cast your own. There also I guess is the possibility of Phyrexian altering, like play Phyrexian altar, which is a three mana oh, artifact lets you sack creatures, and then yeah, you you build your board, sack your board, and maybe get one out like a handful of turns early. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or I guess you could Aether Vial all the way up to 15. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Also true. But then you're not getting it out early because you still have to wait 15 turns to do it. Uh, is there Proliferate in the set? We'll find a way. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, just looking over the spoiler has been a lot of fun. Um, and I'm excited. that I mean, that by this time, the time this episode is out, we will already have had a good time with the set. So uh, future me, I hope you had a good time. Right. So, I mean, that that's kind of all we wanted to cover with with Double Masters. Give it a shot if you're interested in this kind of thing. It's it's going to be a more high-powered draft format than we've been used to for a little while, unless you've played Vintage Cube with any regularity. But uh, it should be a lot of fun. It's got those different dynamics to the draft experience, so we're kind of changing up draft a little bit. And let us know your opinions on the Cryptic Spires thing. What do you think about cards you're supposed to draw on? Yeah, that that that's one of the bigger things. I'm surprised there wasn't more of an outrage given how uh, how voracious Magic Twitter is for any amount of controversy to to uh, devour. But um, can you tell I'm hungry? Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, before we go, I wanted to mention some things about Midnight Hunt because I, I went on a bit of a tear in the last week. Uh, I'm on summer break, so as a teacher, I get to finally relax. Uh, and I decided to spend that time being a bit of a spike, uh, as one does. And I ran kind of hot. So, like I said, I unfortunately lost a bit of this data, but I went back and I, I you know, checked on my, my trophy decks and everything else that I could scrape together and went a few that I had just known from memory. My best guess is that uh, in the time that Midnight Hunt was up on Quick Draft, I was, uh, my win loss was around 99.33, which puts me at just about a 75% win rate, which is pretty good. Pretty, that's really good. Come on. <laughs> It's I'm not going to say like 10% above the pros or anything, but uh, it's about that. So anyway, <laughs> I, I quickly made it to Mythic and the season had just reset too. I, I noticed that. So I was like, you know what? If there ever was a time to try to make a run on the high Mythics, it's right now. So for the past like three or four days, I've been hovering between like Mythic 3 and 10, uh, like number, number 3, number 10 overall. Uh, I've seen some other familiar faces up there, some other top contenders, but um, there have been upsides and downsides. Midnight Hunt's great. I love the set. Uh, and I loved it a lot more than I remembered. Um, and, and I've been really able to leverage, I think, my knowledge of the set. And the better I got at it, the more I won. And the more I won with it, the more I learned. So this isn't just the format of blue-black, as people might remember. Of course, the Zombies deck is busted, but uh, it's not the only thing you can do. The Esper colors are the best. Uh, but red and green do have their uses, particularly when paired with white. So blue and black, th that deck makes the best use of the best card in the format, which I do think is Morbid Opportunist. I think we absolutely nailed that. Uh, I've been picking it over rares and mythics, particularly ones that, if anything, that, that costs more than four, you just can't really play in this set. Um, you can, but you know it's often not going to have an impact. Uh, I, I really like the 16 land decks. Just go as low as you can. Uh, play the tons of one drops, tons of two drops. I maybe play like two or three, four drops in a given deck. And those are usually uh, search party, search party captains, the ones mm -hmm. that cost one less. Uh, and those end up coming down for one most of the time. Many of my trophy decks have had Rotten Reunions, I noticed, which Rotten Reunion, that's the one mana instant exile a card from a graveyard, up to one card from a graveyard. Uh, and make a 2-2 two -two decay. And you can flash it back for one and a black. I will run it out on turn one. And then turn two, play something like uh, like a like a mob, and then attack, get the the two damage in, and then let it die to put a counter on the mob. So those those tokens you can also just leave back if you have a bunch of eaten alive's in your deck. But I found Rotten Reunion to just be a card that I'm sad to not have. It triggers all the black, red, and other kind of spell slinger stuff, which there's a good amount of something like the. Uh, the one three that gets plus two plus zero oh when when you cast a non creature spell. It's perfect for that. 
another prowess like effects. Those little tokens go perfectly. Uh, they ETB for Lunark Veteran. Uh, you can sack them to eat and alive, or when they die, they trigger Flesh Taker. So sometimes I'll, I'll play one on turn one, play a Flesh Taker, attack, let it die, get the scry off the Flesh Taker. Uh, Scob Wrangler lets you tap things down with them. They, they just work in so many ways that I, I'm usually happy if I have one or two copies in any black deck. And you really want to be playing black in this format. So uh, don't sleep on Rotten Reunion. I think it's a lot better than people give it credit for. And it definitely shouldn't go like last pick like I would often see it go. Maybe the bots don't know that, but uh, I've been running the bots anyway. So uh, anyway, just close out the game. Uh, I've discovered just closing out the game is really important because there are some bigger things that your opponents can can stabilize and do but things that trample flying um just going super wide with decayed tokens or uh abandon the post to make two things unable to block will usually close the game out but right now i'm at i'm at number five overall i was up at number three earlier but uh i had a string of of losses as i not all my decks have been the best I did attempt playing Obzon mid-range because I, I had the, the angel. What's the, the black white angel's name? Uh, Lisa? Yeah, Lisa, Lisa. I had the Lisa and a Tovalar's Huntmaster. So I was trying to do this like Obzon go big thing. I think I went like three and three with that deck. Not, not great. But most of them I've been playing super aggressive white, black, or blue decks. And uh, it's the best thing to do in the format. I think by the time this comes out, it'll be down. But for the next time it comes around, uh, that's how you win. <laughs> I think it, uh, if anyone's an expert on how to win in the set now, I, I guess it's me. Great. Well, that about does it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. Again, check out the Discord if you're not already there. We'd love to have you over there. And uh, the link to that is in the episode description as well as on our Twitter page. And if you'd like to support the show directly, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash draftchaffpod. Again, huge thanks to everybody who is supporting us over there on Patreon. It's really what keeps us going and, and enables us to do this week in and week out. And if you'd like to find us on social media, you can find the podcast at DraftChatPod. That does it for us, and we'll catch you next week. So in this bit of a lull we have as far as sets coming out, um, let's just get everyone that listens to this into the Discord, and we'll just come up with stuff to do. Right? Like uh, yeah, I, yeah. We, we have setups to play Commander online. <laughs> and we haven't gotten to do it in a while but if anyone listening wants to just jam a game of commander like uh people usually where do people usually play i mean you listener where do you if you wanted to play like a game of commander online which i know many of you do um what, what, what discord server do you go into like what's best for that is there like a spell table official one or didn't magic buy them is there like a magic official one there the is a magic official one them, right um there's a magic official one i left it because it wasn't very good <laughs> uh, like no but there, it was used for like announcements but like there weren't very many as far as i could tell there weren't very many active people in it um hmm. there i think there is like the subreddit the commander subreddit has like its own for uh for people trying to find games i think cool um but yeah listener let us know if there's any um in particular that you enjoy over others yeah um our commander decks are going to be souped up with uh, alt art mana drains and smothering tithes. <laughs> we can we can show them off to you uh, over the over the internet. <laughs> <laughs>